0: is a big rich town i just come from a poet's pod bright light city life i gotta make it this is where it goes down just... what is good so we are back this is lock it or leave it episode 10 we are talking about a lot of stuff today I have a packed slate i am your host Jay but first let's get into everybody else how about you let's start with our co-host Cam and move on the chat how are you guys
1: wow Jay 10 episodes that's crazy I'm doing good a uh, huge win for Florida State last night that was big for the morale and uh, just to keep the get the momentum rolling into the season so I'm excited to get going though, and get into this one
2: yeah definitely a lot to talk about um Huge game last
0: night, and crazy games that happened uh, last Sunday. So let's get into it. Nice. We also have a uh, new guest over here. We got Baker. Baker beat me consequentially in a uh, winner-take-all go to the playoffs. He got me. I tried to. I tried to get that eight points. Tried to get the dub, but he got me. How are you, man? What's going on?
3: What's going on, everyone? Joining on today. Uh, ready to get this going. Got some talking points. So let's see
0: what's going on. Good shit. Uh, let's go on to Blake. He's all happy because there was Tuesday night football, man. Tuesday or Wednesday night. I can't even remember. Either way, his lowly Ravens won. He thinks this is a stepping stone into the playoffs. It is sadly not. How are you doing, man?
4: Yo, that's good. Yeah, we we'll gonna get into the game later. But overall, bets went real well this week, up 120. So chilling and yeah, a lot of good NFL games.
0: A lot of good NFL games. That's week to week because you don't know what's going to happen. Vegas keeps on racking up the money. Aaron, how did you do this week and how are you, man? What's going on? That had
5: a good week, but I want to give a quick uh, negative shout out to the Northwestern point guard, Boo Booey. He played absolutely terrible down the stretch last night and cost me a bag. Very unhappy about that. He is not welcome as a guest on the show at any point. He missed two clutch free throws, then let his man score on him to lose the game. Unbelievable collapse for Northwestern. Not a fan of Boo Booey, so that's all I gotta not say on that.
0: Not a fan of Boo People are not a fan of some other teams too. Vegas once again got another good week going, but we have a great podcast going on today. We're gonna start off with the NFL Sunday recap. We'll go over the leaderboards, talk talk about what's happening. You know, uh, Wentz is looking like he's cooking some hot ass along with his sidekick Russell Wilson. So we'll see what happens there. We're going to slide into the NBA because ESPN is smoking dick and they are making their top 10 rankings and they are terrible. No one agrees with them. KD can't be number six. I'm a hater, but we just he can't be number six. And then we're going to finish off with our top five power rankings for the NBA season. Uh, Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff coming on to you and uh, we'll be right back and hop right in. And we are back, so uh, let's just start off with the Steelers-Washington game. The Steelers walked in, Chase Claypool was posting shit saying, losing, never heard of her, all this shit talk. And then they walk in, and they lose to the uh, Washington Redskins. Alex Smith comes back from the injury. People thought maybe he's just going to be another game manager, never be the same person, but no, he led that team to an undefeated, I mean, he beat an undefeated team, so what do we think about them? Let's start with you, Aaron.
5: Uh, I've been a big Alex Smith fan for a while. I don't think he's as good as uh, as Pat Mahomes, while he obviously got replaced. Um, but I mean, the Steelers are bound to lose eventually. They're a good team, but I don't know about 11 and 0 good. I think they'll still make like the playoffs, have a pretty decent playoff run. Um, but I think it's pretty clear now at this point that the Chiefs are the better team. I think the record the Steelers had was the only thing that kind of kept them afloat in people's minds over the Chiefs. And I think the Chiefs are going all the way this year again. No one's going to stop them.
1: Aaron, just one thing I want, I got to give one shout out though. I under, I do agree with you though, that the Steelers are overrated and then just like, they just don't have that guy named Patrick Mahomes on their team. So they're just not as good. But as far as the Washington football team goes, Chase Young is an absolute animal. I watched him have a play against the Steelers where it was on fourth and goal. He's literally like, he dove across the line and grabbed Benny Snell's like waist and ripped him back with one arm. So he couldn't score. Like I, that guy is a stud, and I think he's going to be a really good player for a long time. Yeah, Cam,
4: yeah. I I agree. Um, but let's preface this with: I am not surprised that the Reds, the Washington Football Team, beat Steelers. I had them starting my parlay, and we all knew the Steelers were going to lose the game eventually. They they cannot run the ball whatsoever. They make Ben throw the ball like fifty-two times on all the short pa- passing routes. I mean, they're a good team, but we knew they were going to lose. And the Washington football team is also a good team. This defensive line is stacked, five first rounders. Uh, the secondary is pretty good. Rivera is a pretty good coach. And Alex Smith is mistake free. He didn't turn the ball over. He's safe. He does enough. And I, I think I like them out of that division over the Giants.
0: Yeah, we'll get into the NFC East a little bit more because they have more than one competent team that kind of smacks you in the face coming out of nowhere. But going more off of that Steelers loss, I mean, with as bad as you said, like you you could say they played, they lost by a field goal because a tipped pass. They were driving down the field, they had a chance. It's hard to win in the NFL And uh, week to week, just because a team is say say so record, we can't just assume that it's a gimme win. Uh, we have to add on to that Baker. Let's hear what you gotta say, dog.
3: Look, about the, about the Steelers, we all knew they were going to lose here eventually. I mean, it was just about time. I wasn't expecting it to be to Washington of all teams, but it kind of proved what everyone was saying how it was just a fluke that they would hadn't lost a game yet. I mean, and the easiest schedule. Their schedule in the schedule has yeah. honestly been hmm. cake, and it wasn't, it wasn't them just being better than everyone. It honestly was a fluke after all. I feel like they're not a top five
2: team. Let me tell you something that surprises me. Alex Smith, that man, I cringe every time he gets tackled. I, I fear for that man's leg. And I don't know if you guys saw, but he got cleated. And his Beating leg, out. thank yeah. God it wasn't his, his hurt leg. But his other leg, his left leg, I believe, was gushing blood through his sock. And they didn't even check it. They just
0: taped right over that bitch, and that man kept going. You got to give that man all the respect in the world. Yeah, well, let me pose this question to you three guys and then we'll go on to blake and uh, aaron if the chiefs now that they both have one loss the chiefs and the steelers if the chiefs overtake them and get the number one seed that means there's only one team with a buy the chiefs get it the steelers don't have a buy do the chiefs i mean do the steelers make it to the afc championship game no buy do they make it there
1: i'm gonna have to say no I think – I mean, honestly, I, I think the Browns – the Browns could easily take down the Steelers this week. That's a huge game. And if you, get, if you let Kansas City get that, get that number one seed and you give Patrick Mahomes an extra week of rest and time to game plan and do all those other things you have to do to, like, be super effect, effective and efficient, I'm, I mean, I'd look out. I already, they're already – I mean, I think they're already going to repeat. But, like, if you let them get that number one seed, Martino, I'd be sweating over there, big dog.
0: Yeah, Baker. What do you think? If the uh, Steelers get the number two seed, they have no buy, and you're facing, let's say the, um, let's just say you're facing the Raiders. The Raiders first round, and then you have to face the Bills, the second round. Would they be able to make it through that gauntlet and make it to the AFC Championship game?
3: You know, against the Raiders, I say they got it. I mean, the Raiders are. Middle, middle ground team, I'd say, at best right now. I mean, they're pretty good here and there, but they're very inconsistent. And then when you look at the Bills, I love how Josh Allen has been doing this year. I think he's a stud, definitely like a top-five quarterback, and it's only his, what, his second year, his sophomore year in the league. I mean, he'll be one of the best QBs in the league for a while, and I think, I think he'll be on the come-up here in the next few years. So he'll yeah, definitely just, lose to the Bills. He's
4: third-year Baker, and he does look really good. Um...
1: Yeah, he's in the Mars class, right?
4: Yeah, he's in the Mars class with Baker yeah. and Darnold. Um yeah, the Bills, I mean, damn, he was throwing the ball all over the yard against the 49ers. That was also the easiest bet of the year. I don't know how it was ever Bills plus two before kickoff. Like they were clearly the better team. Um uh, made money on that one too. But yeah, I don't think the Steelers get there. But what's I think is more important is I really don't think the Chiefs want to play the Raiders in the first round. Um, the way they've been playing them both times this year. So if they get that bye then they'll likely uh, wouldn't have to face the Raiders if the Raiders stay at seven.
0: Well, let's stay on the Raiders real quick and um, let's go and talk about that Jets win. I mean, the Jets loss. I mean, it's honestly a win or a loss. If uh, Blake, do you think it's better that the Jets lost or won that game? And then we'll go on to Aaron.
4: Um, I guess it's better because they fired their defensive coordinator that was a terrible call why are you doing an all-out blitz on third and 10 uh with the, and you leave your guy one-on-one with rugs like i don't know it's just stupid um but yeah it, it's better like what does it mean if they win w- one game now they're securing trevor lawrence um which is obviously the most important piece
5: i mean if you look at sam donald though is do we know that he's gonna be better than trevor lawrence Like he's, he's been pretty solid and he's been healthy and he hasn't had a real team around him yet. Um, So I'm not sure if I'm the Jets, if that's that big of a deal, to be honest. Um, Cause I'm obviously Trevor Lawrence is great, but it's a deep quarterback class this year. You can get your guy if you want one as late as probably 15 or so. Uh, So if I'm the Jets, I would have rather had that win personally. Um, But I think they're trying to lose all the way. I don't think they wanted to win that game. I think it was pretty apparent there at the end with that play call.
0: Yeah, I'll counter to you by saying this. I don't think it's really about them wanting um, Trevor Lawrence. I think it's about them wanting the asset of Trevor Lawrence. If you have the number one pick for the Jets, even if you don't want him, you keep Darnold, you have to pressure another team to trade up and you get more assets to trade down and get the players you still want with additional value. You know, So I think that's really the end game for them. That's the end goal, be able to get a lot of pieces stockpile assets and flip trevor lawrence or maybe f- keep trevor lawrence flip sam Darnold, and get back a lot of stuff uh how do you feel about that chad
2: uh i feel hurt I feel very hurt uh because that was that was my that was my upset of the week i called the jets and you guys were hating on it from the start no one said the jets were gonna win and from That beginning of the game, I I was getting really happy. I was getting really excited. I immediately started texting you guys saying, let's go Jets. Look at them. And it just slowly fell apart.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let me preface this, Cam. I got you. So let me get a play-by-play just for everyone listening. Cam had the Jets to finish off his parlay, to finish off his teaser. I don't know, but it was $110. And I was like, shit, there's a minute left in the game. And then the group message starts blowing up. Cam, give me a play-by-play of what happened.
1: Jay, Jay, uh, I can't. It's just like this one. This one really hurt. So I send, I send the parlay in the group chat, and it was just like I was just up on the week, and I was like, all right, I'm just gonna put together a little chaos guy. It was like, it was like three upsets, and like there, no, it was, it was the Saints money line. And the Browns money line against the Titans, and then it was the last one was the Jets. So I was like, because I was like Chad talked to me and knew it in the morning. Like Josh Jacobs was out. Like the Raiders are inconsistent. You know what I mean? Like it's not out of this world to say, and like the odds of them losing every single game are ridiculous. I was like, it's at least worth a shot. <laughs> so I send this in the group chat. Everybody starts like when they're up, when they're and all of a sudden you see Derek Carr driving down the field. The Jets hold him. They get him to a fourth down. Oh, pass interference! They get another first down. The Jets hold them again. Pass interference on another fourth down. Back to back, they keep going all the way oh, to down. They finally get a stop. It gets all the way back to fourth down. One last. This is the third time in a row. This is all in the same drive. They get they get the turnover. They have the ball. I'm like I'm like, oh, okay, we're good. Everything's good. All you got to do is that. All you got to do is just run out the clock. Three and out. They punt the ball back to Derek Carr. He has no timeouts, but, like, he's got, like, a minute left. Why the fuck is are you calling an all-out blitz? Even Madden will tell you to call man up three deep. Like, that play call made no sense, and it lost me money, and I just I, – I can't talk about it anymore.
0: Yeah, Madden, that coach suggestions is definitely man up three deep, or it's – uh, cover four, deep zone. There's no way. I mean, maybe I think, honestly, Greg Williams said, you know what, if I call this cover zero blitz, I'll get fired. I I still have money. I can just get out of this God-forbidden, God-ridden, like all this shit going on in this organization. Let me just get out of here. Let me just call the worst play, give them the L, and escape. And I bet you 10 years from now, if they do get the Trevor Lawrence pick, there's, there's going to be like a video op, you know, like a biopic of... Greg Williams. And he's like, yeah, man, uh, they got to give me some credit, man, because that cover zero really got them Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but moving on though, let's go to the NFC East. Cause just like the Redskins, we were talking about, there's another competent team, the New York giants, the New York giants with Colt McCoy as the backup. I looked at his stats cause he was going to be my player of the week, but sadly they did not um, line up to be stats that you would want for a player of the week. Either way, that defense Bradbury, the secondary with Logan Ryan, some legit guys, Blake Martinez, uh, Leonard Williams. Talk to me about the Giants. Uh, let's start with you, Chad. That
2: was supposed to be my savior game. I lost some uh, some basketball games the day before college basketball, and and then I lost the Jets game, and I needed a savior game. I was going between Green Bay, which we'll talk about later, or the Seahawks, and nah, I I took the rookie mistake and trusting Russell Wilson with the football in his hands because he was hot shit again. Shortest MVP race I've ever seen. I can't believe he was ever in the question. Bum City. I mean, he's so nice, like, skills-wise, but I don't know what the fuck's going on. He's messing up too much.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I told Blake, I'm still checked into the Las Vegas sports retirement home. That's where I'm residing right now because – you know, I'm retired. However, I said, if you want a lock to put down for the week, just do Russell Wilson interceptions. He will throw a pick. It will happen against the Giants. It happened. What do you want to tell me, Cam?
1: I have been preaching this for several episodes now. All Russ does is cook a hot ass. There is, he is not, he is not in the elite QB conversation. I'm tired of it. Anytime, I'm glad Floyd's not here because I don't have to listen to his shit today. But Russell Wilson is not on the same level as Aaron Rodgers, as the, as the, I want to say Brady, but like not of recently, as the Mahomes is of the world though. Like I'm tired of Russ, shortest MVP. I don't, no more MVP talks with Russ. I'm tired of it. If anybody, if anybody even tries to start that with me,
0: it's just like, it's over. Yeah. Baker, what do you think about Russ? Uh, Is he cooking hot ass? What do you want to say?
3: Bro, Russ, when when he was younger, he was always someone people looked at as just someone they fit in their system, just kind of, like, get the job done when, when needed. But he was never anything special. And just because now he's in his prime and showing that he has, like, some more capability, he's still not on the same level as the top quarterbacks in the league.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to shit on him too much. I think he needs to get shit on, though, you know? I, um Maybe not like a fat one, but he definitely needs, he needs one. I think with, with Russ, the issue is it's actually kind of funny because he was really mad with all the headlines saying he hasn't received one MVP vote. Remember that? Do you guys think he's going to receive an MVP vote this year? I say no.
5: I, I think he does. I
0: say he doesn't get another. I don't think he gets any MVP votes this I year. think he
5: does because, I mean, someone down ballot in Seattle is going to throw him a vote or two. I think he's going to get some MVP. I don't know.
4: I would say no, because if he was going to get one this year, he should have got one last year.
5: No, I mean, re- realistically, though, wow. he's, still a, he's still a top five QB in the league. Yeah, I think you guys I mean,
4: are being really tough on him. Yeah, outside of Mahomes and Rodgers, I don't, know, I, I Rogers,
5: I don't know who else I'm taking ahead of him. He's not top You mean
1: Deshaun you know, Watson. No way. You mean Deshaun Watson. I, I want some of what you're smoking. He needs, he needs help, bro. He literally That's snaps it. the ball and has to run for his life every single play with receivers that don't get open. That guy, and he's still making plays. Look at his stats every game. He's, he's my fantasy QB, as consistent as they come. He balls every single game. His team lets him down every week.
5: Yeah, I mean, Deshaun's top, top five as well, though, I'd say. I don't, th- I don't, I don't think he's better than, than, than Russell play. right now, but I, I, I would put him at top five. Deshaun's underrated because of how bad the Texans are.
0: Facts. All right, well, either way, let's move on because someone – that isn't the top five best quarterbacks. We're talking about someone who right now is looking like the top five worst quarterbacks, and that's the guy up in Philadelphia, bro. Uh, Carson Wentz is looking like Cheeks McGee, bro. Uh, looking terrible. You got Jalen Hurts coming in and rolling out and throwing a 35-yard strike for a dime once you come out. Gives the team energy. And then they right after that, they have a kickoff return that goes for 40, and you're just like, whoa, all right. This team has a lot of energy that was just injected into them. I think Hurts couldn't – let's see how he does this week against the Saints. It's going to be a tough defense, but how do we feel about Carson Wentz going forward? How do we feel about Jalen Hurts going forward? Uh, I'll start with Baker, and then we'll go to Aaron.
3: You know, I like Jalen Hurts starting this week. I mean, I think it's about time he gets an opportunity, especially with Wentz, by far the worst QB in the NFL right now, I'd say. I mean, he's guaranteed to throw two, three picks every game. But, I mean, a lot of that can be credited to how bad his offense is as a whole right now. But I think Hertz can do more. I mean, he's more mobile. Maybe he can show some of the run game. And I just want to see what he can get done because Carson Wentz isn't going to do anything this season at this point.
5: Yeah, I mean, Wentz, is he's done. I hate to say it. He's finished. It's going to be hard for him to find another starting job with how he's played this year. Um, I mean, outside of his rookie year, he really has been pretty below average. And I just – I don't see it with him. I don't think he's got what it takes to be an NFL mm-hmm. star quarterback. I think Yo, he's going to so bounce around the league, maybe a backup. My, what,
4: my question to you guys is then – because I agree. once like, it's clear they put Hurts in. I remember it wasn't the last game of the game before. They put Hurts in for one of their little gadget plays. He runs for, like, 10 yards. They take him out. They put Wentz back in. Wentz gets sacked the next play. I'm just like, what are you guys doing, you know? But what are they going to do with his contract? Because they're paying him a lot of money – For like a
1: long time, yeah. He has
4: like, and I think a good amount of it was guaranteed. But like, can you trade him? Like, I don't really know what you would get for him right now.
0: So let me add on to that and pose this question and give you guys this little um, insert. Right now, I think his contract for 128 million and hasn't even kicked in yet. So he's still not even kicked into his contract. You know, so he hasn't even gotten any of that contract money yet. I heard that Philip Rivers is on a one-year deal. He's getting paid. I think it's $30 million. Then you have Jacoby Brissett, who's getting paid $25 million to be a backup. They're both on one-year deals. The Colts could be interested if the Eagles wanted to trade him to the Colts. The thing about the Colts is he will have an offensive line. He will have a good defense. You will have some offensive weapons. It kind of depends on if Chris Ballard, the GM for the Colts, decides if they honestly want to pay this guy Wentz after seeing – the season that he just had. Uh, that's just a, that's just a, a thought. How do we feel about maybe that happening? Because Philip Rivers isn't going to be there for much longer. I'll start with you, Cam.
1: I mean, long term, I don't think I don't think Carson Wentz is the solution for any team. I mean, I'm riding with Jacoby Brissett, and if if I can't get Philip Rivers to come back because Philip Rivers is a game manager kind of QB, he like takes care of the ball, limits, tries to limit the turnovers. I mean, he does throw picks, but, I mean, most most people do. His defense is good, as you said, and he has plenty of time with that offensive line, so I, I definitely think Carson would be better there, but if I'm the Colts GM, I'm staying far away from that contract of Wentz. That's just too much money for too little value, and I would Jacoby Brissett, you could definitely pay less money to do about worse damage to your offense, for sure.
0: Yeah, how do we feel about that, Chad? Do you think Wentz is uh? Still going to be an NFL quarterback in, let's say, two years of starting NFL quarterback? Or do you think after his two shit seasons and all these injuries that he sustained that he may be out of here?
2: I think he's completely out of here. I think he's like uh, Colt McCoy. He might, uh, he might win as a backup, but uh, he's just going to be a backup from now on.
0: That's crazy because that's going to be the highest paid backup I've ever seen. You know, God damn. <laughs> I mean, it's guaranteed someone's still going to have to pay him. Even if the Eagles trade him, I heard that they're still gonna have to take a thirty-four million dollar cap hit just for trading him. But it's better than I guess paying him the full one twenty-eight. So they're just gonna kinda rip the band-aid off and just hope that everything else is cool. But let's keep moving on and uh let's go to the Patriots going against the Chargers. They went forty-five and oh. That's crazy. Uh who called that? I think someone called that game. Uh Cam, do you want to talk about the Patriots just going berserk and Bill Belichick really showing who he is as a coach?
1: Yeah, I mean, rookie QBs usually start, struggle against Belichick. Obviously, he's one of the greatest coaches of all time, but their defense was rolling. They blocked a kick, too. They blocked a punt, I think, and they had two touchdowns on the defense. I mean, it's hard to lose when you're playing that good, Even if the, and even with the limited offense that the Patriots have. They still put up points. Cam Newton – Actually threw for a touchdown this week, and he did have. But he also added two rushing touchdowns, and they they affect. They run the ball well; they're well coached. And uh, just Justin Herbert was just not ready for that uh, Bill Belichick game plan. He ended up throwing two picks, and I can I can tell Aaron over there is pretty happy though because he did call this. So you got to give him credit for that one. But what do you yeah, want to say, Aaron?
5: This is my upset of the week. Um, I didn't think it'd be that big of a score difference. But I thought the Patriots would win. I think the coaching battle is really what threw me over the edge. I mean, you look at Belichick against Lynn, and it's it's not even close. You got a terrible coach and a great coach, and veteran QB like Cam against a rookie QB like Herbert. And um, I mean, I thought it'd be a close game, like maybe 27-24 or something like that. I didn't think they'd run up the score the way they did. Uh, but I think Belichick was kind of just flexing a little bit, showing, yeah, I can still do this. I don't need Tom. We're going to go to the playoffs either way this year. And uh, yeah, it's a good win for the Patriots overall.
0: Yeah, good win for the Patriots. It keeps them kind of afloat in the uh, playoff standings. But let's go on to the Ravens and talk about Martino's team just a little bit. Maybe we did that a little earlier, but we're going to talk about them in the terms of playoff standing. Uh, I think there are two They're two teams behind. They are – what's your record right now, Martino? Right mm-hmm. now you Even guys five. are 7-5. and five. You are in the nine spot because the Raiders are above you also in the hunt, and then you have the Colts right there as a seventh seed. How, show me the path that you guys fit into the playoffs. I want to hear it.
4: Um, okay, well, we do hold the tiebreaker over Indianapolis. Um, but right now, the projections I looked at give us like a 68% chance because we have a really bad schedule. We play the Browns, who are a good team, and then we play the Bengals and the Jaguars. I'm pretty sure if we went out, we're, definitely getting a spot at 11 and five, Um, 10 wins. We'll see. But as far as the team goes and how they played, I am well aware that this team has a lot of work to do to still make a playoff run. The defense didn't play very well, although I'll give it up to Andy doll. And he actually threw the ball really well anticipated a lot of throws, but uh, the defense didn't play very well, except for a few plays here and there, the offense, that defense is bad. That Cowboys defense is real bad. Um, But at least I got to see a little bit of what it was last year. 300 yards on the ground is still a ton. Um, And Gus Edwards, man, that guy is the most underappreciated guy on the Ravens. He is a tank. But I I think they're going to get there. Uh, They're finally fully healthy this week. They're getting Andrews and Sneed back and Judon back. Um, This huge game against the Browns.
0: Yeah, to add on to that, you guys also play the Giants, which is not an easy game anymore. The Giants are actually – who are now in the division lead for – you know, their division, they're not a uh, just a walkover team in the NFL anymore. So you guys got two games that could go either way, Browns-Giants, and then you guys have two should-win Jaguars-Bengals games. If you win out, I say you guys get into the playoffs. But that poses me this question to let's start with Cam, Chad, and then go to Baker. Do you guys see the Ravens getting in? And one last thing, Martino, before I pass it over to them. How many times is your fucking center going to snap it far behind you guys and make you guys lose 15 yards after you guys just get a first down. It's ridiculous.
3: Well, it
4: hasn't been one guy. They keep rotating because of the injuries, but yeah, that needs to get fixed. All
2: right. Well, I, I, I think this team has so much potential and they've showed it in the past, but they're just falling apart lately. I don't know what's going on. I think they, they had one of their best games without Lamar, which is crazy. Lamar's supposed to be, what, top top three QB, top five at least? Nah. Okay, all right. Well, supposed to be. Supposed to. He's definitely not to me, but he's supposed to be. Uh, last year, I mean, he was last year's league MVP. I mean, it's, it's just the biggest up and uh, like from last season to go down this bad this season. It's just crazy to
0: me. Yeah, he has to be held at a high standard. I don't want, like, Martino will always say, well, it's his third year in the league. Well, he's the league fucking MVP. I don't care if it's your third year in the league Luka is now going to have the expectations as I expect other NBA superstars to have not because of his age but because of how good he is it's the same thing with Lamar Jackson at this point if he gets into the playoffs kudos you can't lose another game first round and cop out Cam what do you have to say about that (laughs)
1: <laughs> um I like how Martino said that they have a super tough schedule than other other than the Browns I mean the Bengals and the Jags are terrible so like I don't really think that's like too tough of a schedule for you guys to get into the playoffs but um I do think they get in because he's just like again like Lamar is a good player and the defense will figure it out getting back Calais Campbell was huge and the injuries have been bad it's been a problem for them all year and I think that's I think that's going to be their real downfall. Gus Edwards, is, as Martino was saying though, that's a huge bright spot. He's a really good player. He actually I watched a lot of him the other night and he surprised me a little bit. But um I think they'll get in, probably probably win out. I mean, you can't lose to the Browns though. I mean, that's that's a big
3: game. So, we'll see how that goes and um, but they'll get in.
1: What do you think, Baker?
3: You know, I think they have a great chance of making the playoffs, obviously, depending on how the teams ahead of them do. But there's no reason they shouldn't beat the Jags, the Giants, and the Bengals. I mean, they should be blowing out all three of those teams. I think the really defining game, though, is Monday against the Browns. Should definitely be a good game. Baker Mayfield has been hot. I see him with that swagger he had in college, and he's getting real confident out there. And I think maybe he can have a great rest of the season. So I think that'll be a great game on Monday. Yeah, that could definitely be trouble for uh, Lamar and them
1: boys out there if Baker's waking up feeling dangerous on them.
0: You're waking no, up feeling to... dangerous, doing the Dougie in the second quarter. We'll, we'll see how Baker's <laughs> feeling, bro. Um, us we'll see which Baker and, we're getting at. Yeah, right. <laughs> let's go and move on to the NFC because the NFC playoffs, if you look at the playoff division leaders, it's kind of wanky, bro. So you got the Saints in the one seed. You have the Green Bay Packers at the two. You have the Rams at the three, and you have the Giants as the four seed because they're the v- division leaders. Let's talk about your Bucks for a little bit, Baker, and I'm going to pose this question to you. You're the sixth seed right now. So if the playoffs started today, you would be facing the Los Angeles Rams. The last time you played, you lost 27 to 24. How do you think that game fares out this time if you guys play the Rams in the playoffs?
3: You know, if we played the Rams right now, I think it's kind of a toss-up. You know, they say we improved our offensive line so much this year, but we really haven't. Um, it was very subpar last year, and we add Tristan Worfs, and of course, he's better than what we have, but we still have Donovan Smith, our left tackle, probably the worst lineman I've ever seen in my life. Every single time there's a problem with Brady getting pressure to get in the sack, it's always Donovan Smith, the left tackle, and... I mean, that's – I feel like that's what holds us down, along with Bruce Arians' play calling, is not good for Tom Brady. It just does not line up. Tom can't be taking 30, 40-yard shots down the field and just – I feel like he's just chucking up in in hopes that one of his wide receivers that's so good is going to make a play on it. But it's not working out. So, I think it's a toss-up with the Rams. I mean, the Bucs are on and off. We could have a good game, or it could be one of those games that Brady just can't get anything done. But it would definitely be a good game. I'd say – I maybe lean a little bit the Rams right now with wh- how we're playing. So, we'll have to see how the Bucks do in the coming weeks to see if they can get it done against some of the better teams.
1: All I would say, though, is you don't bet against Brady in the playoff. Never. I, would, I hate to say it, and I, we, we go through this every year. Like, oh, he's not going to get it done. Oh, but, like, he's got enough weapons. He, and he, he, It's one game, not seven. Not a seven-game series. So, I, I, would give, I would at least give Brady that first one.
5: Yeah. I made the mistake of betting on the chiefs uh, that playoff game two years ago, the chiefs and Patriots, all time, great playoff game. I bet on Pat Mahomes over Brady, never doing it again. You just don't bet against Brady in the playoffs. And uh, to build on what Baker said, the play calling has been questionable, but I don't think it's Arians fault. I think it's more of an offensive coordinator fault. It's been more Byron left, uh, at least in my opinion, but either way, I mean, our offense is not built for those deep shots. We got to start dinking and dunking a little more, do what Brady does. I mean, he might be a system quarterback, but if you got the right system in place, he's going to take it real far. So,
3: You know, that's, that's true. And Arians even came out and said that Brady has a lot to do with the play calling. He's basically picking plays that he wants to be called during the game. And, I mean, if that happens, if he goes more to his short passes and really he needs to find chemistry with his wide receivers is the big problem. Like, there's no sense of identity when the team goes out there. And if he finds that in the next games, then things could really change. And I can see it's going to be a real problem to everyone else.
1: The Bucks need to run that play that Drew Brees and Michael Thomas run with, just and do that with Mike Evans. Oh, we just okay. have him run a little slant and just throw slant it to boy. Him, you know, five <laughs> yards at a time.
0: Slant McGee, slant McGee, right? So let's uh, use that slant, and we're going to slant to a different topic. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will be talking – and giving you guys our player of the week. Wrapping up the NFL. We will be right. Okay, so we are back. We're going to give you guys our player of the weeks. I will start off with mine. This one was near and dear to my heart. Uh, it was Darren Waller. I played Cam this week in fantasy. It was for the consolation game. I should have been in the playoffs if it weren't for some, some, uh, some blasphemy. Let's just put it like that. Um, Baker stole one away from me. But either way, I was in the consolation game. And Waller gave me forty-eight points. He had thirteen receptions for two hundred yards and two tubs. Uh, his longest uh, reception was for thirty-eight yards. He absolutely trounced Cam's team single-handedly. Uh, so, what do you want to say about that, Cam? And then tell me your player of the week.
1: I like how we. Uh, I like how we had to start with just destroying me in fantasy. But um, yeah, Darren Waller. Uh, Darren Waller did. Uh, bright, did darken my day just a little bit. That. I mean, it's a consolation game, so it's whatever. But my player of the week, Justin Jefferson, Minnesota Vikings. This dude is legit. Nine catches for 121 yards and a touchdown again this week. And he is, he's already over 1,000 yards on the season. There were so many receivers picked before this guy. I cannot imagine, like, how that happened, but – this guy is gonna be a. This guy's gonna be a great player for a long time. He's got swagger. He brings that intensity out there every single time. You see him talking trash. I really like. The, I really like him a lot. And he's doing all this with Kirk Cousins at QB, too. Like, imagine if we gave him like a half, like a halfway decent QB instead of Kirk Cousins. Like, this guy's a nice. This guy's is an all star. He's gonna be a good player for a long time, and I really like him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Going a little more off of Justin Jefferson, I looked at the stats for the NFL right now, and he's fourth in receiving yards in the entire NFL, not just for rookies. He's behind DK, Kelsey, Tyreek, and he's fourth, Justin Jefferson. Ridiculous, dude. Ridiculous.
1: Jay, is it safe to say that uh, he's your pick for uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year at this point? or
0: I would have to say so because Herbert started off pretty – pretty well but um I think the past couple weeks he kind of uh plateaued a little bit he kind of went steady dropped down not too much um I'd have to go with Jefferson as my offensive player of the year Yeah, I have to agree with that Uh, let's go to you Chad and then Baker for your player of the weeks
2: I gotta go with Devontae Adams he is the most consistent receiver hands down this year he 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 was one of my top picks in fantasy, and I'll just go over his uh, his stats from this past week. He has ten receptions for 121 yards and two touchdowns. Man, balls on a consistent basis. He's the boy. So for me, I'm gonna go with
3: Josh Allen, my man. i mean maybe a little biased because I've had a, I'm in fantasy this year and I had him last year, but he's definitely proved himself this year. So against San Fran, I don't know why San Francisco was favorited, but Josh Allen proved himself again, throwing for 375 yards in his third game, passing for four touchdowns, no interceptions, putting up 30 fantasy points for me against Blake. Beautiful. And I think he's going to continue to do the same thing. He's the number three ranked QB on fantasy right now. People overlook him so much.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Blake and Baker are in the playoffs right now. They are kind of, I think Baker's up 18 points and the winner will go to the uh, championship. So Blake, let's hear your player of the week and your insight on maybe how this fantasy football is going for you. And if you can maybe snag this W. Okay, so I
4: have a few things to say. One about Justin Jefferson. I know this is high praise, but he reminds me of DeAndre Hopkins because you can't tell me why he gets, why he's so productive. He's not super fast. He's not super big, but he just makes a ton of – he just produces. He just keeps producing. So that about Justin Jefferson. Uh, my player of the week is my boy Gus Edwards. Um, talk about efficiency, seven for 101, just a straight tank, and he's just been underappreciated for a while, so I'm throwing him some love. Um, and as far as fantasy goes, not looking too good. I thought Christian McCaffrey was going to play this week. And apparently he has some tightening in his thigh or some bullshit. So I think he was downgraded to doubtful, um, which is going to make coming back really, really difficult. But we'll see.
1: Can we talk about how the Chiefs right now have QB1 in fantasy in Patrick Mahomes, wide receiver 1 at Tyreek Hill, and tight end 1 in Travis Kelsey? The Chiefs offense is just on another level, bro. Like like Those guys could be player of the week every week.
0: And they got coach one, offensive coordinator one. They got all that shit, though. Uh, let's move on to Aaron. Who's your player of the week, man?
5: Player of the week is uh, Gunnar Osheski. He's a cornerback and receiver for the New England Patriots. Now, a lot of people don't know about him. All he really does is return kicks, and he'll get in a little bit and play some slot, but not much. Uh, and this week he had three long returns, one of them went for a touchdown for 70 yards. And he also caught a 40-yard touchdown pass late in the game, too. Big week for him. He's a young dude, just kind of making a name for himself in the league as a return man right now, but big fan of his. Um, hopefully, he does well in the future, too. Uh, but for this week, he's my player of the week.
0: Yeah, man, I was watching Red Zone, and I kept just looking up and hearing Scott Hansen say, Gunnar Olszewski. oh, my goodness, another crazy run by the – I forgot, like, you know, how he described him, but – It was a great Sunday. We had the 200th episode of Red Zone. Scott Hansen is the GOAT. I don't know how he does that job for seven hours straight until the night game. Uh, It's a dope job to have, but, you know, that's our Sunday recap. That's our recap for the week. And after this break, we will jump right into the NBA because ESPN is capping hard. All right, we'll be right back. Okay, so we are back, and we are going to be discussing the NBA top 10 rankings. ESPN is hella capping. Let's just start off. Uh, Cam, tell me one of the uh, rankings that you totally disagree with or what that you love. Let me, let me hear
1: it. Jay, you already know what I'm going to say, bro. And, I, and I, I'm disappointed that I have to bring this up. I'm hurt. But the fact that KD is not in the top five is blasphemous. That guy is a seven foot point guard that can shoot from anywhere are nobody can contest his shot he 's the most if you watch him play basketball, it just looks effortless when he 's out there scoring bro he 's just the he 's literally just pure buckets and the fact that he 's not i understand he 's coming back from a year and you can 't put him in the top three which is where he'll which is where he 'll be if he comes back all the way healthy, which I expect him to but I can agree with the top three. LeBron, coming off his championship, was uh, got to be number one. Got to give it to him. Anthony Davis, should have been Defensive Player of the Year. Hit big shots in the playoffs, that game winner, and had great performance in the finals. And then Giannis, who was Defensive Player of the Year and MVP. So I can live with that. Luka is not better than Kevin Durant, as of right now. I need to see more from him. He's young, and he could. He's. I, everybody's expecting him to take a big step this year, which I could easily see him doing. But as of right now, he's he's not better than Kevin Durant, who was five again. Was it? Kawhi. Kawhi? Kawhi? Yeah, Kawhi and Pandemic P are also not in the same conversation as Kevin Durant. It's okay though. I'm not. I'm not that upset because this is just. This is just an early list, and I'm sure as you know, KD is going to remind everybody
2: real quick where his place is in this league. What do you think, Chad? Uh, I got two things to say. Uh, I love how Jokic is in the top 10. I think he deserves it and he's the best center in the league. Um, but Dame before, before Curry, I don't know if I can do that. I know, I know Curry was, you know, out and all that shit, but like, I don't know if I can do that, man. Curry is the best point guard of all time in my opinion. And, uh, James nasty. Don't get me don't get me wrong, but he's not before Curry. So on
3: the on the top three, I was I was a little surprised to be honest because I thought for sure it's either LeBron and Giannis at one and two. Like the fact they put Giannis at three when he got Defensive Player of the Year and MVP, pretty surprising. Um, I think at least Giannis and AD should be switched because of the fact that he got MVP and everything. Luca at four, I think is perfectly fair i mean he showed in the playoffs when porzingis got hurt that he could single handedly beat the clippers and he almost did and moving on kd at six i think is very fair because being out a whole season with an achilles injury that ends a lot of people's careers and then coming back and then you're still assuming that'll be the sixth best player in the league is like very generous same with curry not playing for so long so
0: Yeah, there's a lot to uh, dive into there. Uh, I agree with you. Luka, I think Luka should be top five. As much as they want to say it's early on, this guy was going toe-to-toe with the reigning finals MVP in Kawhi Leonard, and then Paul George, who's supposed to be considered a top two or three wing defender in the league, two-way player, and he was giving them straight buckets. I mean, like, he was making them his son, dog. Luka was exploiting that entire defense. They had no clue what to do with him. And it's not like um, they were sagging off or they were switching off. No, he was putting buckets in their grill game after game after game. If it were me, I just don't know who I'm taking out of that top five to put KD in. I, okay, I, hot take, I'm taking out Giannis. I'm going to put KD. Wow. Come on, <laughs> bro. Uh, yeah. And let me explain myself. Let me. I have LeBron James. I have Anthony Davis. I have Kevin Durant. I have Luka Doncic. And I have Stephen Curry. That's my top five. That's my top five. I think that Giannis isn't a top five player. However, if he gets. Like, he needs his Kobe. He needs his his Jason kid to give him the ball to be able to set him up. If he gets that person, I think that's the best duo in the league, better than AD and um, LeBron. I think if him and Giannis – I mean, if him and Luca pair up, I think Luca and Giannis right now is better than LeBron and AD, honestly. Um, but I think he needs that player. He doesn't, so he's not in my top five. Uh, what do you want to add on to that, Aaron?
5: I think – I think Luka is going to very quickly become the best player in the league. Uh, and I think Giannis is going to be right there with him for a long time. I think he needs to be a better big man overall, but Gianna, Giannis and Luka are going to play off each other great. I mean, Luca was 20 years old this year, and he averaged 29.99 on 60% true shooting. There's only one guy that's ever been able to do that, and that's the kid from Cleveland. So we'll see what happens. But I think Luka and Giannis could be great together on Dallas.
0: Yeah, any comments to add on to that, Blake? Uh, Do you think that uh, the top five is pretty solid?
5: Yeah, I mean, I actually
4: don't think that it's crazy to take Giannis out of there, only because he showed in the playoffs the same thing you guys say about Lamar is that he hasn't been able to especially get his own shot. But uh, I'm sure you guys all saw that Harden said he would be open to being traded there. So that would be pretty interesting, Harden and Giannis. He'd finally have that guy to play a playoff of.
0: Yeah, I always hate to be the Debbie Downer of these situations, but uh, whenever these articles come out of the Bucks, you always see the Bucks fans start editing Harden in, in a Bucks jersey. And no, they gave up four years and two cap switches and two pick swaps to get Drew Holiday. They are run out of assets they their oil has run dry they have no they they have no tradable assets they don't have anything that would be enticing for the Rockets to get back that wouldn't be better than Ben Simmons or even what the Nets have to offer so that's a pipe dream however yeah um seeing what we saw in the playoffs the Heat just absolutely exploited them and I mean in the playoffs Cam was defending Giannis while Blake and I weren't so what do you want to say about this situation
1: I do think it's. Uh, I think you guys are tripping. I think it's blasphemous to take Giannis out of the top five. He's easily the most productive player on the floor every single game. I understand he's had his struggles in the playoffs, but again, like he's he's modern day Shaquille O'Neal. I've said this before. He needs to find his that which is as you were saying, like like Luca or team up with somebody else to help set him up and get him easy baskets in transition, where he can just be that interior dominant force but I actually have another interesting question about for you guys do we agree that Dame should be ahead of Harden on the list because I think that's a little interesting too and I think that's pretty in that's a debatable topic
0: um yeah but with you talking about that let's just go through six through ten ESPN has Kevin Durant at six Damian Lillard at seven Stephen Curry at eight James Harden at nine and Nikola Jokic at 10, the Joker. Going off of your question, if you're telling me do, who do I want on a team, God damn, that's tough, man. I would probably go James Harden. I'd probably go James it's Harden. close. As much as I don't like it. It's close. Like, I'll put it this way. If I'm the 76ers, right, and they say, do you want James Harden on your team or do you want Damian Lillard on your team? If you would like to trade for Ben Simmons, ah, oh, that's close. It's so close, but I'd probably take James Harden. Um, what do you say? What do you say Because that's a great question.
1: I definitely agree. Um, I think as much as I hate to say it, because I'm not i I'm not Harden's biggest fan for sure, but he's he shoots incredibly well and uh, he's super efficient on the offensive end. Obviously, he's had his struggles in the playoffs and. That's holding him back, but uh, what do you think, Chad? Do you think he deserves – do you think Lillard deserves to be ahead of Harden on that list?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the struggles, like Cam said, in the playoffs, in the postseason, it's it's horrendous, and Dame never seems to fail when the pressure is hard. You know, when it's hot, he's always there to come through, and Harden just – I watched a game this past postseason where Harden had to make one three-pointer, and he literally missed – three wide-open threes, all in sequence. It was the worst thing I've ever seen, and I'm not the biggest James Harden fan.
0: Yeah, I, I would partially agree with that statement. I don't want us to have recency bias and not forget that the Pelicans were swept. I mean, the Pelicans swept the Blazers out of the playoffs. Drew Holiday clamped up Damian Lillard. CJ McCollum wasn't doing anything. AD was destroying Nurkic. And Rondo and Drew Holiday were just putting up buckets. Drew Holiday had a 40 piece that series on Dame and CJ. So, I mean, Dame has had his um his bad moments, I guess you could say, in the playoffs. But he's bounced back with that Thunder series. He balled out. He did as much as he could have against the Lakers. I mean, it's the champion Lakers. We didn't expect him to do much else. But yeah, I would say I'd put Dame behind Harden. So going off of that, we still have Steph ahead of Dame, right? If Steph's ahead of Dame. That means, do we have Steph ahead of Harden? Oh, yeah. you're starting a team, you want Steph Curry ahead of James Harden.
1: Yes? I think, I think everybody agrees on that. Yes. All day. All day.
0: <laughs> okay, and then moving on, let's go to number 10. Let's go to Nikola Jokic because what we saw in the bubble is that he is by far the best center. I know you may be a Joel Embiid supporter. Somebody may be. But Nikola shoots the three. He can still drive it. He gets rebounds. He passes the ball like no one else at his position ever has in history. Makes his free throws. How do we feel about Nikola Jokic? Cam?
1: I just got one quick thing to add about Jokic. One person who immensely benefited from COVID was Jokic. He lost so much weight over quarantine, got way leaner and faster. Because if you look at his photos from the regular season compared to when he arrived in the bubble – he looked like he lost at least 15 pounds, made him quicker, made him move better, just more agile on defense. He, he is the best center in the league. I haven't – he can get it done. He can win playoff games. We haven't seen that from Joel Embiid yet. So, I still I, – I do like how ESPN at least got the top 10
3: right, even though I don't agree with the order. But what do you think, Baker? You know, I really like Jokic there. I think him and Jamal Murray are a great pair. And him losing all that weight is making him, like, Seem way more comfortable in the game. And I think he'll continue to improve going into next season. But going on centers that lost a lot of weight, have you guys seen DeMarcus Cousins? Looks like he lost about 50 pounds.
0: Yeah, that DeMarcus Cousins thing was crazy. I'm guessing his trainer said lose all the weight because when you are that much weight and you have that much weight on your Achilles and your legs and stuff, you're more prone to injury. But, whoa, Boogie looks like a a slim bookie, bro. He looks like he's just going to be shooting threes and not dunking on anybody.
3: You know, I, I say if he stays healthy, I have him as comeback player of the year, maybe, because if he, if he lost all that weight and it's easier on his legs, like last time I saw him play, he just looked sluggish moving around. You could tell he wasn't feeling too great and he was tired, but if he's in real good shape and healthy, he could be a real problem on the Rockets. Yeah, I
1: heard the Rockets are actually thinking about putting him at the four spot and then running Christian Wood at the five. Because if he since he lost the weight, he's a little faster now. He might be able to guard that position and run the floor because he was pretty athletic back in his time. So I mean, I back in his prime. So I think he can. I think he could have a nice season with the Rockets for sure.
0: Yeah, man, Boogie can shoot the lights out. Honestly, I'm gonna go and make a video later and put put on Twitter of Boogie Cousins just. Working on niggas bro like just just working people he's put up 40 20 games you know like it's ridiculous but um yeah i think james harden honestly i want him to go to the 76ers or the heat that would be so fucking dope but um if he stays with the rockets that's not a bad team you're on you have john wall you have james harden like yourself you have christian wood you have demarcus cousins you keep daniel house you have pieces you still have pj tucker but if he does Eric get traded. Gordon's still there. Eric Gordon, great point, Eric Gordon. But let's talk about if he goes to the seventy Sixers. How dope would the NBA be if that happens?
1: Yeah, I can't I can't do it, bro. You know I'm still on that Nets wave, even though um even though I'm starting to lose a little steam on there because Houston said they uh they only want K D or Kyrie in exchange for Harden, so even though that's probably not going to happen and the Sixers is starting to look more open. I'm honestly, I would be interested to see how Harden would fit in into Miami. You put him in there with Butler and bam, like that's a, that's a pretty formidable big three. And like everybody makes, everybody makes fun of these players for like being selfish and like taking bad shots in the playoffs. But if you put them with other all NBA players on their team, like it could work. They can find a way to win. With that talent, they with Duncan Robinson two shooting threes. Ooh, that would be scary to have Duncan Robinson and Harden on the same floor. That's so let I me set this question
0: that. up because so let me set this question up because you have to trade James Harden. He's not a free agent. So I'm gonna pose this question to Aaron, and then I want Chad to react to Aaron's response. Here's the question: If James Harden goes to the Miami Heat, he has to be in a trade. You're not trading Jimmy Butler. You're not trading Bam Adebayo the money has to work hard into 035 million dollars. So here's what you probably do. You got to throw in Tyler Hero cuz the Rockets need a player back. So you have to throw in Tyler Hero. You have to probably throw in Goran Dragić for the money. You have to throw in Goran Dragić and you may have to throw in Andre Iguodala plus picks. That would probably be the three-person trade. Iggy, Dragić, Hero, maybe a first, a late first that's protected in the late round, and then a second round pick that's just thrown in there for who's ha? Aaron, uh, how do you think about that trade? And then, Chad, let me hear your response to it.
1: Aaron, I don't think we can hear you.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can't hear yeah. Aaron currently.
5: But... Yeah, Got it. There so I think go. a better piece than Igadala might be uh, Crowder. I think that's a more real uh, realistic Crowder trade. Was Crowder was, the was already gone. gone. It was. You're right. You're right. So yeah, um, the thing.
0: you got Avery Bradley in the offseason. So yeah, dollars not,
5: it all is expendable. But I don't know how much trade value he has. Um, I do think it centers around Tyler Hero, but I think you might have to give up Duncan Robinson at that point too, which I know if you're the heat, you don't want to do that. Um, and I think, to be honest, I think they're better off without Harden, keeping Hero, Robinson, all their role players, and just kind of leaving Harden away. Um, so maybe,
0: yeah, Chad. If you're the Heat, would you rather get Harden and lose Robinson, Hero, and Iguodala, or maybe Drogic? I think you probably have to trade Drogic because Drogic you, can still his contract's this too
1: big. You'd have to trade Drogic. You, you have
0: sure. to trade Drogic. So it'd probably be Drogic, Robinson, Hero, and then a ton of picks, maybe some more players. Kendrick would you rather that for Kendrick Harden Nune, or maybe? keep them? Yeah, maybe uh, I Ronald. would
2: trade. I would trade. Either Hero or Robinson, but I can't trade both of them. We need at least one of them to stay. there. can they're, they're, okay. they're too lethal. Or they are.
1: I feel like you have to lose Tyler Hero to make the deal work. There could be some way to keep Duncan Robinson, but honestly, I don't think he's going anywhere. I, it doesn't sound like – I mean, I, I keep seeing him wanting to post all these places where he's going, but, like, I just don't think he's going to leave Houston. I understand they're trying not to lose him for anything, but, like, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to settle at some point if they to get something out of him, or he's just gonna walk. So he's out he's of here. He he's getting happening.
0: traded. He is notified the team. I don't want to be here. If you keep me for this last year, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna walk. Like you're not gonna get anything for me. I have two years left on my contract. I'll gladly stay here, but you as a franchise will plummet if you don't get any trade assets back. So what's gonna happen is the 76ers are gonna get him. And right now, I think they're just playing a game of cat and mouse. And here's why. The 76ers have the obvious choice, the obvious trade. They have Ben Simmons, the best trade piece in the league currently that you could trade for James Harden. Okay. The thing is, they don't want to put anything else in the Ben Simmons trade. They want to do a straight up trade. So they want to do Ben Simmons for James Harden straight up. See, the Rockets want more than that. They're saying, you know what, James Harden's a better player than Ben Simmons. And the 76ers are saying, but Ben Simmons is six years younger, so just take that guy and let's just do a straight-up trade. But what's going to happen is Daryl Morey is sitting back. He's resting because he knows no one has a good trade offer. But if all these other teams start coming into the trade mix, then maybe he starts getting scared. Maybe he starts thinking there's a three-teamer that could pull up. Maybe the Nets could acquire him off of – Michael Porter Jr. in a three-team trade and the Nuggets get back Karis Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and all these pieces. So it all comes down to is Daryl Morey going to crack and add more on to to the Ben Simmons trade, or is he just going to say no and keep it? If I'm Daryl Morey, you have to trade James Harden to the Sixers. You have to. Him and Embiid, how do we think him and Embiid are in the East? Let me hear what you want to say, Cam. James Harden, Embiid, Danny Green, Seth Curry, Dwight Howard, Tobias Harris, that's a fucking unit. How does that team fare in the East? It would be that they, they would be a force for sure. I think I think they would be
1: probably a top three seed. It would be them, the Nets, and Milwaukee, assuming Giannis stays. But I think that puts them above Boston, honestly, because that's I know I know Floyd's gonna hear this and uh have some <clears throat> words to say, but that would be it. Would be scary to watch the playmaking with Harden and just setting up Embiid, bro. Like Jay's saying that uh, Embiid's gonna have a big year, and I'm I'm not I'm not all the way on that train yet. But Doc Rivers, if anybody's gonna get motivated, Embiid it, gonna be him. So we'll see what happens. But I do, I am nervous because that is the best deal you're gonna get for Harden. Like Ben Simmons is clearly is clearly the only choice that. Especially with everybody else, it's just locking up huge contracts. No no other big names are on the move in a period in which you can trade to not lose James Harden. So I just I think the Rockets are just fucked. And like you're gonna like you're gonna have to give him up for less than you want and less less than he's worth. But it's definitely better than getting nothing from him. And they would be scary to be in the East. I think they go to the conference finals, maybe they could they, they could upset them Nets. I, I hate to say it, and I know I, I could tell in your eyes that you're waiting for me to say it, but they could, and that would be Harden versus KD in a whole series. It would be interesting
0: to watch. Yeah, let me pass the question to Baker to the left of you and then go to Aaron. Baker, how do you feel about a Harden and Bede duo with Seth Curry, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, all these teams in the East? I think it would be very interesting.
3: Uh, Embiid definitely has not showed his full potential because he doesn't have that one playmaker shooter to really um, go with him and his skill set. So it would be interesting though because they're both like very dramatic players. Embiid and Harden together, I feel like some shit would happen. But it would definitely be the best option for Houston, and like Houston would be well off with Ben Simmons if he doesn't end up fitting in there. He'd be a great trade asset for someone else, and. That's definitely what I see happening. If that if doesn't happen straight up, then it would have to be a three-teamer trade.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have to put Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons in Houston is pretty good for him. You get a whole team surrounded around you, you know, so it's it's going to be pretty good. Um, Aaron, what do you have to say about that?
5: I really like what Baker said about uh, Harden kind of being able to open up the floor for Embiid because really right now they don't have a whole lot of shooters. They're getting them right now. I know they're trading for him, but we haven't seen Embiid really play on a team with shooters that can space the floor and giving him an opportunity to really own the paint. Uh, So I feel like the lineup they're kind of constructing right now with Seth Curry, uh, if they do pick up Harden, he can shoot. And the way they're kind of constructing this roster is going to give a lot more opportunities down low for Embiid, kind of open things up. He can – he can even play make out of the post. I think it gives a lot of options they don't currently have with uh, Simmons running point.
0: Yeah. Let me just say this, Cam, if Harden goes to the 76ers, you better start shaking in your boots, Doug um, Harden and, and beat against your squad. Good night. Talk about, All right, Kyrie's going to have to be either guarding James Harden or having to basically guard Stephen Curry with Seth running around screens every single time. And Kyrie's knees ain't going to be jumping around picks and screens that easily. That's one. Two is now you got someone that can shoot the three, space the floor for Embiid, and he's got a lot of room to work with. There's no more Horford there. Now you can put Tobias in the corner. You can put Danny Green in the corner, Seth on the wing. And James Harden could either go have fun, take somebody to to dance school, you know, on the perimeter, or you could have Embiid just yam on someone inside. Uh, You should be very scared. I say those teams go to the conference finals, and if it happens, it goes seven. That would be a fucking series. I don't know who would win, but that series would go down in history, dog. It'd be dope.
1: Jay, I'm going to have to tell you, I'm not as worried as I probably should be, because you forget, even though KD and Kyrie are going to have to guard probably Harden, you're going to put probably Tobias Harris on KD would probably be the best option. Everybody else on that team is still a great shooter: Chris LeVert, Spencer D. Whittle, Gary or not Gary Harris, Joe Harris. There's there, there's there's some nice shooters on that team too. They can space the floor, and I just think they're talking about running KD at point guard and center. It's going to be that Nets offense is going to be a – it could surprise you a little bit. I hope they just run – I hope they run that Rockets style with – now they got Nash and – and uh, what's his – the coach from the Rockets. I can't remember his name. But, Dan Antoni. Um, Dan Tony, yeah. yes. Thank you. He's an assistant coach too. So, we get – you know we're running that. You know we're running that small ball five with KD out there. Just all shooters. Everybody else is still chasing them. The Sixers are trying to acquire a piece to compete with them. So I'm not as worried as I should be. We'll, we're talking about a trade that hasn't happened yet. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so we're going to wrap this podcast up and i make it too long for you guys. But just before we wrap this up, I want to tell you that there is NBA preseason basketball tomorrow. Who knows, yes, sir. I may be throwing down a, a, little, a, little, a little parlay guy, you know, just a little tad, dip my toes in the water real quick, you know, just see how the water's feeling, see how uh, not all the stars will be playing, but we got Magic Hawks at seven. I'm tuning in. I want to see the Hawks. Trey Young, here's the thing about the preseason this year. There's no summer league for the rookies. There's none of that, right? So these four games you get are actually crucial. You need to make sure that your chemistry is a team's there when you play these games, because you're going to go and play on December 23rd, and they're going to actually count for your record. So we got Magic Hawks at seven. Knicks Pistons, Obi's debut, Killian Hayes. Let's see how those two rookies play. That's at seven, right? Rockets Bulls. I got Cam's team at the Bulls. Let's see how John Walls may be looking preseason. DeMarcus Cousins, they'll get a few minutes. Christian Wood, a lot of interesting basketball. That's going to be at 8 o'clock. Then we're going to follow that up with Clippers-Lakers at 10. I heard LeBron and AD aren't playing. It's cool, though, because why would they? You know, they're resting. They got their championship stees on. They don't need to. You We'll see Schroeder. We'll see Marcus. Saul and then let's see Pandemic P get some backboard shots again. That's going to be mad entertaining. Twitter's going to blow up. Cam, what do you want to say before I say the last game?
1: Two things. One, money has to go on the Clippers tomorrow because without LeBron and AD, they are definitely – quiet and Paul George are definitely going to take advantage of beating the Lakers because they just need that confidence boost, and I think this is an easy opportunity for them to –
0: Get a good start. What do you think? Doc, you know what's going to be mad funny is on Twitter, there's going to be Clippers preseason champion banners up on Twitter. That's all you're going to see. It's like preseason champions. They, They beat the Lakers in the preseason. Hold the banner up, you know? Do they have to watch the ring ceremony then? Does LeBron get his ring tomorrow night? No, it's not tomorrow night, but they play opening night on the 22nd, and they will have to watch. It's the Clippers Clippers and the Lakers, right? Yeah, usually teams that are playing the opponent stay in the locker room while they get their rings, you know, so they don't have to, like, watch the whole time. But, uh, yeah, they'll be in the building. It's their building, you know. The last game, however, is Kings Blazers will have – um Tyrese Halliburton we'll see how he looks we got Darren Fox Buddy Heald's playing and then the Trailblazers they're coming back healthy Dame CJ Anthony Simons Gary Trent Jr. who had a nice bubble you got Mello coming back corn road up we got Nurkic Zach Collins got the crew going uh what do you want to say any last remarks about these games and uh anything else that you want to say possibly
1: yeah I mean mainly for me we forgot to mention that uh Florida State legend Patrick Williams make his is going to make his debut for the uh, the Bulls tomorrow, which I'm excited to see. I mean, I don't expect too much out of him because the Bulls are still clearly rebuilding, and he's a great he's a great piece to add because he's got just he's just so much potential and he has plenty of time to grow and learn on our team. But uh, you got anything else you want to say,
3: Baker? The game I'm most excited about is Saturday, Golden State. You know, I haven't liked Golden State in the past, but With Clay out, they're underdogs this year, and I love rooting for the underdogs. And they have my favorite rookie, James Wiseman. I think he's going to be an absolute stud. Uh, My pick for rookie of the year, we're going to see what he can do.
2: Can't hear you.
1: Chad, what do you think? Do you have anything
2: anything else to add? OB Toppin. Watch out for my man, bro. They still haven't released his number. I don't know what's good with that. Can't even buy his jersey yet that's because he's the best Just watch he's gonna be exclusive exclusive yeah he's exclusive my man i'm telling you he can shoot he's a big body he's he's older so he has less room for mistakes but it's watch out for him
0: yeah absolutely um also just a quick dive into saturday because we probably won't see you guys or be on the pod until then we have Raptors Hornets. The Tampa Bay Raptors are going to be playing the Charlotte Hornets. Let's see LaMelo and Gordon Hayward. Let's see how they fare. Pacers Cavs. That's a dud. No one's going to watch that game, let's be honest. Thunder Spurs. I'm not trying to fall asleep in my couch, all right? I'm skipping that one too. Mavericks Bucks. That's a game. Let's go. Grizzlies, John Morant, year two. D'Angelo Russell. Desert Bain. First look at Aunt Edwards. Debut. First look at Aunt Edwards, you know. Let's we'll see Cat come back. Uh, the Nuggets Warriors, like ba- Baker just alluded to. And then we got Suns Jazz, CP3, D-Book, A-N, J-Crowder. Donovan Mitchell just got his money. Let's see what he can do. We got a lot of good games. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a review. If you give us a review and it's five stars and you leave us a question, we will discuss the question on the podcast. Uh, Once again, any last remarks before we close out?
1: Yeah, I just want to say, I mean, 10 episodes in and like for how much feedback we've gotten and like as far as we've gotten I think we're doing really well and we're just going to keep trying to get better I think and we're, we're getting better every episode and we got way more great content coming at you guys
0: yeah way more great content coming at you guys it's great because sports is back six months ago we couldn't imagine doing this because it was like we're on a sports drought there was nothing going on but now we got a lot of stuff going on for you guys more content Uh, give us a rating help us out takes 15 seconds for you but it helps us out immensely so thank you guys again and we will see you for episode 11 let's rock